Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Happy, happy Monday. Good God almighty. It is the first Monday of April already, folks. And we're here with another episode of Hot Takes, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. And so I told you, this year, this second quarter is kicking off with another amazing change maker, practitioner, uh, all around rock star. I've come to know John um as a speaker as a coach as just somebody who's willing to dig in with you um and i'm so glad he his calendar opened up for us today and so uh folks john deal what's going on john nothing man it's all good man we had a great weekend a little sports this weekend playing some tennis some golf and now i'm back in the office ready to rock and roll got it got it got it well before we get rolling on the topic today uh just share a little bit of, uh, with folks about who you are, where you are in the world, uh, and and what it is that you do really, not a job title, but what do you do really? Well, that's you know, uh, Lawrence, that's a really good you know question because a lot of times people are confused if you throw the titles around that the industry throws around, and you'll hear that come out a couple times. But we'll try to keep the in- industry jargon at a minimum. But what I do is I, I help people in businesses navigate through transformational change, something that's complex, something that's going on in the business where the the leaders, business leaders are looking for someone from the outside who has an expertise and and really, you know, it's boiled down to how do you basically change people's behaviors inside the business when something's going on that's very transformational, very uh, change, and it's going to turn it upside down, and and they really just need some help navigating their people through that transformation. So that's where they they come looking for me, and I'm usually glad to just run in there and help them because that's what I did. I tell you what, John, I, I remember the first time I heard you speak, uh, you talking about running in somewhere. Um, he's not lying, folks. John John is all in when it comes to to helping organizations and leaders uh, be better. Um, at the change process and, and understanding why change is necessary. But there's something that you, you said, and I kind of put it in the intro to today's show uh, the mo- about the movie Field of Dreams, uh, the whole, if they build it, they will come. But you have this thing, uh, if you build it, they won't run. Uh, so, so, so dig it a little bit there for me, John. Okay. So really, you know, I kind of maybe came up with that. Who knows? I could have stole it from somewhere, but you know, the, the thing is that, you know, you've heard the statement, you know, build it, they will come. And when it comes to change, anytime someone's going through change, even if it's in their personal life. So this is kind of maybe geared towards business. But when you're doing something in your personal life or in business, that is a major change. It's something different. You know, we're all creatures of habit. And so sometimes change is difficult. Sometimes change is scary. 
And if what what I do and what I've learned over the last 20 years in doing this, uh, being in this field, is that if you build the environment by which people understand what they're about to go through, so they understand that change, and then they start believing in that, and then you leverage the leadership of that business to say, hey, look, folks, yeah, this is going to be kind of tough, but this is very, very strategically important for us to navigate through this change to, to remain competitive, relevant, uh, and on top of our game in the marketplace. So once you get that established, then it's just creating an environment, a comfortable environment by which people feel okay with, okay, I'll better understand this. John's going to be there to help us. He's going to be there to lead us. And John's not doing anything that the, our leaders inside the organization, inside the company says we already have to do. So, it, you know, you're not going to get everybody, 100% people on board. But for the most part, if you can create that environment where it's open, just like almost like your your topic of, of humble, open and transparent. Those are three key words that are very, very important when you're leading people through a large scale change or transformation. Yeah. And, and one thing, John, that I, I appreciated uh, definitely about you and, and just this work of being introduced to organizational change um, and, and it being done um well uh and again if getting dirty is being is, is doing it well then then that's what needs to happen but there's something to you know what you believe of next generation change capability of building a next gen change capability what where where is it that you dig in there well you know that that's that's the forever challenge and if i was to write a book on it that's where i would write but i will have to tell you i'm humble enough to say that this profession has taught me a lot. And every time I get on a gig, when I say gig in this in this show, that's equal to project or working with a company. Um, you know, there's many, many different factors. And if you just look at it, and I don't want to beat the COVID thing to death, but, you know, just think about that for a second, how that has changed how people and how are interacting and, and how businesses need to navigate through the change, but in a, a way different environment. Before COVID, we... We could all get on an airplane and we could turn up. And I would say one of the big things that are, is, is important in being open to what is next gen change is to be able to pivot when something like COVID comes in and says, look, we just can't give up and can't do change anymore. No, we have to figure out ways to create an environment, which Lawrence is pretty tough when you can't be on the ground with people, right? Face to face, right? And so there's there's an example right there. Next generation changes. Something might come in our way like COVID or a major merger acquisition that we weren't expecting. And we've got to be able to use our experience. And I've got some very pointed things we can go through about how we're going to have to, as change practitioners, up our game because it's not getting change is already difficult. I didn't write the book on that. It's already difficult. So we as change practitioners have to stay ahead of that game and make sure we're creative ourselves and how we're going to help those people through that. And COVID is just one example. And now next thing you know, we're all using Microsoft Teams and Zoom. And sometimes, Lawrence, we take for granted that everybody just knows how to use that stuff. Everybody's comfortable with that. Everybody knows how to put their video on and off. Everybody knows how to use the chat. Well, actually, I found out that people, not everybody does. So we take for granted that. people. So you sometimes have to teach as you go to say, this is what we're going to have to do for right now until we can meet at the barbecue outside. 
by the grill. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and (laughs) something you said there, John, particularly around, you know, just that fact that, you know, change is is difficult, particularly when you've built up a skill set somewhere. Right. And and nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to start from square one. I just want to start over like no nobody's rolling out of bed like that. And and so but all the anecdotal statements and, and cliches of, you know, change is inevitable. You must evolve to innovate and all these other things, these T-shirt slogans have been thrown around. But one thing that you pointed to of COVID, COVID made us all realize like how much like how rigid a lot of us were as it pertains to just leaning into something different. And and you pointed to just just one aspect of it is, what do you mean I got to log on? And it's funny thing is, some I asked a group of people, I said if it was voluntary, if COVID didn't happen, and it was voluntary for you to work from home one hundred percent of the time, how many of you would have chosen it? Everybody's hand shot up. But the fact that you got voluntold to stay home, people freaked out. Ah, oh, I want to be in a facility. I want to be on the ground. But what changed? Is it the fact that the choice was taken from you? So so when you talk about building up a capability, where do you start? Is it people? Is it process? Is it hug everything? Where do you start? Yeah, so there's a good question. And I'll, I'll spend a little time on this, but then I want to we'll get back to the, the next gen change piece of it. But part of the thing, one of the things I do is uh, companies out there. Um, and whether, and I'm just going to say from medium to large scale companies. So anywhere from in the, in the hundreds of millions to someone like a Walmart, 400 plus billion. Right. Uh, and right here in Atlanta, you got Home Depot and Coke and some big companies right now. They're looking at, okay, for the most part, I'd say over the last five years, a lot of change practitioners like myself were brought in from the outside to help their people navigate change. And I get asked this question all the time. Well, why can't they just do that themselves, right? So then you start asking the questions. I always ask these questions of my client. I said, do you guys have an organizational change capability inside your company? And then some of them will say yes. And some of them will say, well, no, we just hire consultants to do that because we really believe that having that outside expertise is something that we can use and leverage as opposed to spending the money to build that capability inside. Now, what's happened over the last year or two is there are more companies that are interested in saying, well, we would like to build that capability. We only have like two change people in our company. But that ain't that's just two people that are certified in Brosy. Okay, they don't have the experience. So would you actually come in and help us understand how to architect your own internal change capability? Now, I believe there's a lot of change practitioners out there that they would probably run from that because they, unless you've done that before, you're going, wait a minute, I don't really know how to build a capability. I just know how to do the the eight steps that I have to do uh, or the six steps from Proce or the eight steps from Cotter to do the change work. But how do I build a capability? That's something different. That's actually taking people inside a company and or having helping them hire people that have the various titles that you need to do change appropriately. Right. So what I find and I love, oh, I love when I get to come in and build a capability. I remember back to Avanade. 
I was the second change practitioner that Avanad hired. Avanad at the time was owned by Accenture and Microsoft, still owned, owned by mostly Accenture. And I got a chance to grow a practice, like you're saying, or a capability of change practitioners inside Avanad to better serve our clients. I was practitioner number two, right? That was a very awesome, fun opportunity for me. But that was back in the day when they really weren't doing it. So that was new territory, a little bit of new territory for me. But the ability to build that change capability, you have to then narrow it down, just like you're building a procurement organization or a, or a, tech, a piece of a technology organization or a quarter to cash organization or an HR organization. You have to know who are the players, what skill sets they have to have. And then a lot of times what I wound up doing is working with them on the ground. Now, this is the tough part. So now you're building a change capability on the ground with the client, but at the same time being a change practitioner for their major transformations. That's a lot of work. So I, I don't like to do both at the same time, but sometimes that, that happens. Um, so I, I will run at the chance of building a change capability because once they, they know that I'm passionate about it and they know the business, I can codify the business financials of doing that, then it's just a matter of them. Do they want to nurture that capability from within or they still want to hire practitioners? And I'm okay with plan B because guess what? That's what helps keep a lot of change practitioners, you know, employed. So, but I, I love that other thing because that's the real power of giving back. Just like Lawrence, you know a lot about what you do. People know a lot about what they do, but think about if you can now take that 20 years and codify that into a way to give back to the, the, the change practitioners that we're bringing along. That's super, super valuable. And I found that as just as rewarding sometimes as actually doing the change gig itself. Yeah, and you and, and so it's fun. It's funny. Um, and and somebody, uh, Shantanese, uh, Reese put a put a comment out there being a being a change practitioner while building. So so it, you can't be the change practitioner that's rigid. You you got you gotta. It's that it's that idea of you you building the plane while you're flying it. You, uh, I was hoping you were gonna say that. Yeah, because most of the time, and if there's change practitioners out there on the line, whatever, they're gonna go. Well, John, guess what? A lot of times, and some of the, and this is back to next gen change. Part of my belief in next gen change is you have to be have the ability to hit the ground running because a lot of times you're brought in. The plane's not on the tarmac. The plane's already in the air, and they're going to install SAP whether we like it or not. And they are four months into it, and they just woke up and said, "Wow, this is a big deal." And we need somebody in here to help our people pull, and I call it kind of pull through. And, and you're like, dang, I wish I was at the seat at the table month one. But I will tell you, of all the gigs that I've done over the last 20 years, most of the time that plane has left the tarmac. And now they're bringing me in because they waited a little bit too late. But, John, can you help us pick up the pieces and move on from here? And so, so you better be ready. I love it. I love it, John. And 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 again, as as you were talking about the plane, uh, you know, thing John thing popped in my head. I'm I'm so glad I'm airborne certified, um, a, able to get, put on my parachute. Uh, and 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 as I and that's how I see change practitioners. Change practitioners like, hey, we're trying, we're building this thing. It's already in the air, but we're gonna make sure we got some safety. We're gonna assess risk. Uh, and should this plane start going down. We're gonna make sure people got parachutes to get to get off this thing. Um, but when you think about what's needed 
in this next normal, this next generation of business, what do you what do you believe is needed for, right. for, for businesses to make it? So so here's the thing, and this is what I'm always trying to tell folks that when I'm working with them as a business. When you're doing a, let's just let's just pull it down to two types of major change projects. One, everybody's the most common is like we're doing something that's technology disruptive. So they're putting in a new CRM like Salesforce. They're putting in a new ERP like SAP or Oracle. Right. So it's always it's got a technology. Slant. We're putting in a new learning management system. So, so we're not going to be doing stand up. We're going to do uh, training by the drink. And that kind of thing. So if they're putting in a new system, which is disruptive in itself because we use these other systems and now we're moving to this type type of system. Of course, with any systems, there's the processes, right? So I think from a technology perspective, and here's an advantage I have, which is I, I really believe has made me successful. My first 20 years in my career was in IT. So I'm not saying I have to, and I went all the way to the CIO level from the bare bones programmer, Virginia Tech comp sci grad into IBM and then out of IBM all the way up to a CIO level, right? So I have a good technology underpinning. So if I say the number one reason they bring in change practitioner is usually there's a huge technology play, man, I'm going, I don't, I don't run from that. You know, I run to that because why? Because I have that experience 20 years in IT, not 20 years in change. So I can talk their talk. The second one, so I think you got to be very, so, but, you know, think about it. Not every change practitioner, we can't all be experts in everything. But I at least tell people, look, I think I got two things covered. One, I totally understand technology. So you can sit me right inside the meetings inside your technology organization, and I can talk their language. But guess what? John wakes up every day not thinking about IT. John wakes up every day thinking about your peeps. What are we doing to the people out there that are closest to the work that are getting impacted, right? So if you look at the number one reason they bring in a change person is for IT, next gen change says you better, I, I'm not saying you can take, I mean, how do you get 20 years of IT experience? But you better be boning up on, okay, I understand what the technology drivers are and why this is being disruptive inside that. So as much as you need to embrace IT and try to be as best you can doing that. Where to me, that comes very naturally, right? So I'm not saying that everybody next gen, everybody IT or a change practitioner has to go get an IT degree, but I'm just saying that you're going to be much more respected, right? By the business and IT inside a company when you understand those things, right? And I, you know, no, go ahead. And just if I could jump some, throw yeah, something ahead. in there. I think there is even an element as a change practitioner to show your willingness to learn and, and a, along the way and to make yourself available to, to adding to your, your toolbox while you're inside this process, which I believe that willingness of leaning into what the business does, it's almost the, the HR business partner model now. But mm -hmm. as a change practitioner, say, hey, that genuine curiosity of where the pain points really are in the technology and in the people, you you actually become valuable to them because they're like, okay, this is somebody who's trying, they are seeking to understand me and my organization and what we do. So I really believe that that's a key element of as well is to stay that lifelong learner. So, so point number two, 
But before I go to that, you nailed it. Because here's the thing. I know we can talk about change as as the eight elements and, and everybody thinks of change. They go, oh, that means just training and communications. Well, you're right. Those, those are two of the eight fundamentals of change. And you better be able to navigate around the component of training. What does that mean to them and how we can accelerate that, how we can make that better and deliver that better? And communications is probably the number one killer is because people just need to understand the why they need to be. And they need to be told not once, but seven times. It's called seven times, seven ways. Sometimes people have to hear something before they get it. Okay. But let's just step back for a second. Cause this is from a ph philosophical and maybe I shouldn't even say that. Cause that kind of just a different spin on it, but let's just talk about some things. And, and Lawrence, I know you've heard of these things before. And I, you can tell me or you can answer the question who said that or who was the person. But these are not totally mine, but I totally believe in them and have to use them every day. People do business with people they know, like and trust. Now, if you're going to be a change practitioner in this new next gen generation, you better read that book. Because I'm telling you. I've found that I can get people to know me. Now, again, this is pre-COVID, but this is after COVID too, but pre-COVID, I can get people to know me. And I and so if you believe in the formula, right, most of the time I can get people to like me. I mean, I got you to like me, you know, not with a like on thumbs. I'm talking about like, I actually like this person because I like Lawrence. I like what he's about. I watch one of his videos and I'm sold when he was being shot at or something. I don't know what that was, but that just touched my heart in a way. And I'll never forget that, that TED talk, I think it was, right? Right. So no like and trust. The hardest one is trust. So some people are saying now there's this there's this there's two books on trust. One called The Trusted Advisor, which I I, I trained under that guy and I got him to autograph his book for me. Uh, I didn't write that book, but that's an awesome book. And I had to look at it and read it twice even to say, man, I actually am doing some of those things. But there's some things I could even do better in that. So no like is pretty is not that hard for someone like myself. But that last one, I'm like, wow, there's no secret sauce for that. That takes time, right? So no like and trust, right? And so most of the time, and I think next gen changes, you got to get that down. And the closest you can do and fastest you can become a trusted advisor with the people that you're working with inside that business to where they go on Monday morning. This is back when we were traveling. Where's John? When's he coming? Right. They want you to turn up. Right. They're not running from me. They want me to turn up because they know John's waking up every day thinking about the people. He's not thinking about the revision of SAP. He's not thinking, do they have the quality control? He's not thinking if they're going to be late on their date yet. No, he's thinking about, man, this is going to do they realize that this spreadsheet that I had been using for 20 years, I, I'm going to have to do all that a different way. And I'm kind of freaking out. That's who I'm talking to, right? So no like and trust is important, right? Become a trusted advisor is important. And I want to share one more thing because this comes, comes in what you just said a minute ago. I tell people when I'm on the ground with them and I tell other change practitioners that might want to grow up and be like me, okay? You have to go into the attitude, no task, no task is beneath me. No task is beneath me. So I tell the client that, and I, but I want them to understand that no task is beneath me. They go, what, what does that mean? I said, you know what? Sometimes 
I'll bring the coffee and donuts to the meeting. I'll take the notes at the meeting. No, oh no, you don't, John, you don't do that. Or we, no, we'll get somebody. No, no task. So when you start living that and they see that, and then other people start doing that, it's like, whoa. They're like, John said, no task is beneath us. We've got to do these things to get us through. It ain't about, oh, that's my level. I can't do that, right? So no task is beneath you. And I, I always say shop floor to top floor or associate to boardroom. And what I mean by that, and this is into next-gen change, you have to be able to wear different hats as a change practitioner. And you have to show them that you're confident across those hats. Most of the time, I want to impact and be close with and think about every day the people that are closest to the work. But when I get trusted advisor status, next thing I know, the CEO is going, John, put your cufflinks on. You're coming to the boardroom. We got to talk to our board members about where we're at in this multi-million dollar transformation. And when I kick you under the table, you you say these three sentences. So think about that. I'm not in cufflinks every day, but sometimes you got to be prepared to be able to go in there and be confident. Now, how, how do you do that? Of course, there's some of that's education, but a lot of that's just through experience. So shop floor to top floor. I like being down there. I'll never forget Walmart, helping them in their distribution center, Sanger, Texas. And I'll just say, say a word here, but there was these things up in the air. There's no air condition. All right. And blue, they, the, the name of these fans were called big ass fans. And they were blowing air around. And I'm sweating like crazy because I'm inside the D.C. This is where I'm working. There's only like a, a maybe a small one-tenth percent of that whole distribution center that had air conditioning. That's where the, the managers sit, the supervisors, right? So shop floor to top floor. You got to be inside where they're working, right? No task is beneath you. You want to become a trusted advisor? Now, that wasn't in the book, but I learned that maybe that's kind of what I was doing because that's how I kind of got to where I could do that when it makes sense. I don't bust down the top level door. Sometimes I don't get past the director level because they say, John, that's where our senior sponsor says stops. There's no need for you to go up there. Fine. But sometimes they, if they invite you up there, then they know that you are the conduit and the fabric that's leading our people through that change, you and your small little team, which most of the time is me and a small little team. That's good. That's cool, man. That's good stuff. That jazzes me up. Man, you said you said so much good stuff there, and and you you got some quotables out there. Somebody already tur- uh, turned uh, "no task is beneath me" into a hashtag, so you better start using that, John. As, you know a- I, that is true. I, I that um, that's you see, we all learn, but you see, I've been saying that, but how can I leverage that? Because really, it's I just learned that, and that's where I'm telling you. And I, I know I want you to comment on something, but now I'm, I'm my one of my like buzzwords is I'm consumed. John deals consume with helping people navigate change via the power of giving back. John deals consumed with helping people navigate change, of course, in business via the power of giving back. And that is getting some eyebrows breakers. Like what, what does that mean? Well, it, trust me, that's new to me. I just learned, learned that and coined that within two years because sometimes I just step back and go, Hey, Lawrence, I've been blessed. I never got thrown out of a, a account, you know, and I'm like, how do I do this? And I'm, I'm humbly comp side grad from Virginia Tech, man. I'm not Brown or Harvard, Ivy League, whatever. 
you know, I, it's just I'm passionate about people and I'm passionate about what I do. And if I'm willing to give back, it's not a guarantee, but I believe most of the time I can help those people through that transformation for the most part. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it, it starts from that place of there's a foundation there. What you've been describing and what you've been communicating is you've created a foundational disposition for yourself where there is a belief that if I put myself and posture myself in a servant posture, that I'll, I'll be in the right position in every single task, change process, change initiative that I'm in, because that shop floor to, to the boardroom kind of mentality is something that not all practice, practitioners, internal and external, take on because that's really, really dirty work to get in there and say, hey, no task is beneath me. That means you actually got to cut your nails short because your hands going to get dirty. And so if you don't want to drag, have dirt under your nails, I know I can't stand dirt under my nails, so I cut them low. So I can make sure that I'm low crawling and I'm getting in there and I'm doing what I got to do. And that really comes from an authentic place, John. Like you were living authenticity 20 years ago up to this point. You are a 20 year practitioner in authenticity as a part of change. And so you like what's happening is when you say next generation, you've identified that you're not normal and you're not supposed to be. Because change, if we're really going to get people and turn it into a sustainable process, it somebody has to model what this thing is supposed to look like. And for you to say, I'm going to go where the work is done, not just sit in the air conditioning with everybody else. It means that you're in it to support that organization, being able to do it when you're gone. But you actually need to equip the people who are being asked to do the work. And mm -hmm. so that that part of it, authenticity as a active, mm -hmm. practicable entity is, I believe, next gen change. It's really getting in and saying this is what it looks like. And so, hey, there's an old thing I, I love to being an infantry officer. And I tell everybody I cannot I cannot be thankful enough. Hated it at the time. But the fact that I got exposed to the infantry, which said, follow me and not let me push you along or trip you down the steps and, and you maybe will trip into success. But no, follow me. I'm going to go first. And then, hey, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to provide purpose, vision and direction. So you understand the why that we're going to continue heading in this direction. And I believe change practitioners and what you just described, your life is a living. You're a walking example of what right is supposed to look like. And I know you won't take that on. So that's why I said it for you. So those are the things that you you've dug in. That's your rep. That's your rep, John. That's why people people buy you before they buy from you. That's the other one, right? With the no like and trust, people buy you before they buy from you. And so your career has spoken before you ever walked into the room. Every referral you've ever gotten, all the rest of that, your work spoke for you. Not not you pontificating about what you can do for an organization. They say. People are like, look, this is what he did. So when you get in the room, man, every lead you get now, John, you know, every lead is a hot lead. You're like, nah, this, this is one of those. But you built. That. So I can't thank you enough for sharing the gift of you. And so I, I want people to be connected with you. I want people to engage with you. John, how can people find you? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, some people say, where's your website? I thought, guess what? 
No, I'm a technology guy. I, I know I probably should have a website. Actually, I'm actually working on one, but my website is my LinkedIn profile. So what, what I believe today, and I didn't make this up, that your digital identity from a professional standpoint, I repeat, your digital identity from a professional standpoint in the world is created by LinkedIn. Full stop. I didn't. I didn't make that happen. It happened. So when people bump into me, so it's John Space Deal D E E L. They they look at my LinkedIn profile, and I will challenge anybody that does that within thirty seconds after you look at it, and you don't have to go past one click or two. Oh, I know what John does. I know what John's passionate about. I know why, maybe why people might want to find John. So I just say, connect with me on LinkedIn. And then we'll take that conversation from there. I mean, I'm an open networker. I don't play no games on LinkedIn. I, you know, it's, it's what I do. They see the passion. They actually sometimes feel the energy and they go, man, we need to talk to this guy. And, you know, if you've read a little bit, you know, I've been coined, you know, you see my LinkedIn profile says John deal. And it says always on change. Well, that's just happening. I mean, change is everywhere. And I'm just trying to focus, you know, from a business perspective, but change. So I'm always on it. I want to know about it because there's a chance that if I hear a little bit, I might be able to help pull your people through that. So I'm relying on my digital identity, which is branded by LinkedIn. I love the titles that some of my clients have, have given me. The last one being that guy, he's the godfather of change. Or the funny one that says, and I don't know, I hope it's not incorrect, but John, he's just flat out the Mac Daddy of change. So my brand is out there via my profile and the clients I've served. Walmart called me the sensei, literally. After I got out of that DC, John, you are a sensei. I had to Google that. What is that? I'm not a, a what is it, a, a black belt, master black, whatever. No. They said, no, John, there's one, two things we know. One, we know you know your field. And two, we know you are your passion and your energy about that is not is relentless. It ain't gonna give up because we know that our company brought you in for a reason. And the other thing is says we can't hide. So when they bring me in, people can't hide anymore. Right? They're either gonna face the change and, and, and get on the train with me, or they don't want me to know that they're not on board because a lot of times they know that. I'm connected inside their company and I'm there, there for a reason. So I don't throw that. They, they figure that out. I don't have to throw that out as a threat or anything. John's here for a reason. I think we better hook our train up to John and, and give him what we need to give him. He's going to give us everything he's got and let's get on with this and, and we'll, we'll come out the better end, uh, the other end better. John, I, I appreciate that. And uh, you got, you got some folks, uh, John Deal, Mac Daddy of Change. So you may, you better you better go ahead and get it copyrighted uh, to 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 have your theme music when you come into an organization. Return of the Mac. That's gonna that's gonna be the song. It's gonna it's gonna go over the PA system, and that's what's gonna happen. You need to have that as like before you get out the car. Like that's that's the song. Return of the Mac. Like just get like getting the vibe. Like oh yeah, and I'm okay with it. You know because sometimes you see. You've worked with me, and I said one of the things is let's help people navigate through change. Should we Definitely. do all the block attack? Let's try to have some fun along oh, yeah. the way. I love it. 
And the thing is, I tell people, I said, you want to be a really good change practitioner? I have a top 10 back when Letterman was the guy. Mm -hmm. I had the top 10 where you count down the top 10 things you need to have. And one of them was eat where they eat. Now, this is this COVID messed things up. Eat where they eat. Well, what's that? Man, I couldn't wait to get invited to lunch by them. I couldn't wait to sometimes have to stay over the weekend so I could get to go to the, the barbecue or that fish fry. I'm eating where they eat. And for those people like to work out like you and me, work out where they work out. Think about it. If you put people in their environment, inside work and even outside work, you become one with them. You become a fabric of them. And to me, I don't, I'm don't. i jazzed up by doing that. That's my profession. And I know that's hard. You got to give of yourself. And yes, you're away from home and this, that, and the other. But I'm sorry, just like a heart surgeon operates on people's hearts, this is what I do. And I love it. I'm going to do it until I finally decide I'm just going to go fish and play golf for the, for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought I lost your audio. Make make sure Sensei, you pass off the keys and you hand some things off. You make sure you write that book so we could be oh, yeah. you in, in 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 making sure that we have your framework. Because John, you are doing amazing work in the world, and thank you so much for coming to hang out today. And uh, this is just a snippet, y'all, uh, of John. Make sure you connect with John on LinkedIn. Make sure you invite him to your organizations to speak uh, about change management, leadership, um, and, and and growing your peeps. Um, and and so. John, thank you so much. And if you are out there and you're desiring to connect with me and in, in the Hot Takes community, please direct message me because I would love to have you on so you and I can have one of these amazing, humble, open and transparent conversations. So, John, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. And Lawrence, I, I, I can't have, have, have to say you. Lawrence is is a fine, outstanding leader and human being. Okay, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed in my life, and I'm blessed to be on a show like Lawrence. I'm not running around and chasing a bunch of shows. No, he, Lawrence gets it, and Lawrence fortunately gets me, and thought that I might have a little bit or two that I could share with people about just giving back. Let's just give back, y'all. We all got something to give, and I tried to do that today. I hope you enjoyed it. But Lawrence, I really, really appreciate you. When for you, I wouldn't have this opportunity to share like I did today. So I really appreciate you, sir. My absolute pleasure, John. So y'all connect with John, get him on y'all shows because you you gonna get hot fire just like we did today. All right, y'all have right. a great one. Be well. Right. Thank thank you so much, Lawrence. We'll see y'all. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure you present yourself every single day with intentionality. Actions over ideas always win.